evening, everyone. Good to see you here tonight on this Wednesday night. Stand with me, would you, as we sing the sweet by and by. Lift it up with me tonight as we sing. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. We shall sing on that beautiful shore. The melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirit shall sorrow no more. Aside for the blessing of rest in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore to our bountiful Father above. We will The sun's coming up in the morning. This is song I haven't sang very often, so let's try to get through it tonight. All right, here we go. Once again, I face Satan this morning, and I battled him all the day long. But in my weakness, God sent Too bad, did we? All 
right, you can go ahead and be seated. Brother Larry Sparks, Brother Larry, would you open us in prayer tonight, please, Brother Larry? Our God, again tonight, we're so thankful just to be able to be in your house. Lord, we just uh, thank you for Jesus and what he's done for us there at Calvary. And Lord, just uh, saturate us tonight with your word, we pray. And also, we want to keep remembering Israel that you bless that nation, Lord, and bring about your perfect will. Just bless us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Dave got some missionary letters tonight. So, Mother Dave, please come. So it's been two weeks since we did missionary letters, unless somebody else did it for me last week. Question from last week, or from two weeks ago. I'm going to make it easy. At least I think it's easy, okay? One of the missionaries we talked about were the Ottersons. Where are they from? What, mission, what field are they going in? You remember? Huh? Was it South they talked about South Sudan, but they're not actual missionaries to South Sudan. Yes, ma'am. Huh? Is it what? Ethiopia is correct. I'm from Fieldia. Would you? I have a wafer or an almond. Huh? You can give it to somebody else. You can make me give it to somebody else. Okay, I see how you are. All right. All right. Our missionaries for this week are going to be John and Lindsay Edwards, ambassadors to Australia. Good eye, mate. Uh, Got a good little story here that says, uh, it's a little bit long, but I'm going to go ahead and read it anyway. It says, please continue praying for other children come from the One Mile area. The kids from one of the families have been our most faithful members for a couple of years now. And we've spoken with those parents several times about the Lord. In November, their mother started coming to church. She's unsaved, and when Lindsay first invited her to come, she said, oh, I don't think it would be good for me to be at church. I don't think God wants me there. And now she's coming. She's been coming for about two months straight every Sunday. So it's a blessing and bringing her kids with her. And it says in December they held their annual Christmas carols event and had a great turnout. They had about 41 in attendance. And that's in visitors and members alike. And said he was really enjoyed seeing the members reach out to the visitors and presenting Christ to them and stuff. And then he went to a city named Dalby. And it says, we had a great time and got to share the gospel with many more people as well as hand out Bibles to that area. So keep the uh, Edwards in your prayers. Then we have, I hope I want to pronounce this gentleman's first name right. I think it's Ramsey and Ruth Kamar, missionaries to the Middle Eastern people. It says, his biggest challenge in building the ministry there is reaching out to new contacts out of the thousands and thousands of East, Middle Eastern people who live in the county. He says he's spent five different avenues of trying to reach to different people and still has not seen any fruits from it yet except for old-fashioned door knocking he said he, the fifth one was going out old-fashioned door knocking and trying to talk to people and he's seen a little bit of fruits of not knowing anybody coming yet but at least more visits to go back and talk to himself so keep them in prayer in that aspect it says he finds joy in the battle for souls because jesus loves them and died for them and wants them to come to him and get saved and then it says that he used to be a missionary to Lebanon. <clears throat> and it says that he had a, a church that he planted and then a daughter church or a baby church that he helps plant and everything. And he says, please pray for those two churches because they are right smack in the middle of where the war is going on and stuff. And they actually didn't even get to have services one time because they were too afraid to go out. And he encouraged the pastor of the, of the daughter church to go out anyway. 
Even if you just pray in the church, have the doors open, and they got to see nine people that showed up and stuff. So it was a blessing to see him still trying to serve God. I, I could not imagine being in the middle of a war zone and trying to go to church. I wonder how many of us would show up here if our lives were threatened and possibly being killed. It would be kind of neat to see if that happened, right? Everybody's like, no, 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 we don't want that to happen. All right, so do remember the Kamars and the Edwards for this week. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone. Good to have you all out tonight. As we get into our prayer time, if you've got your sheet, you can go ahead and pull that out. We've got several things to add here. We did have a couple that had turned in just uh, some unspokens there online, and it looks like they've been added to your sheet, so you could remember to pray for those that have things going on behind the scenes, and I know they'd appreciate that. Uh, a couple of uh, blessings to pass along your way. So last week we asked you to pray for the uh, marriage retreat up in Kansas City. We had eight couples go, which I think is uh, as many as we've had at any of them. And uh, preaching was great. The fellowship was really good. And so we had a good time. So thank you for praying for that. And we do want to make it available. If you have yet to go to one, we go to one in November and one in February. And uh, it's hard to pick a favorite. They're both really good. But if you can't decide, you can just come to both. And uh, they're very helpful. But thank you for praying for those of us that got to go to this one. Last week, we were praying for the Sioux Falls family. Uh, Miss Sarah was expecting Cyrus. And he came in on Thursday. And he's doing good. And Mom's doing good. And they should be home now. So uh, praise the Lord for uh, little Cyrus being born. Uh, also uh, grateful for just uh, the working of God. Brother Lynn was able to preach chapel for us at CBA last week and it just felt like God was leading him to give a salvation message and uh, we hadn't had one of those in recent weeks and so he shared the gospel and gave an altar call and a little bit later after chapel was done we had our ninth student for the year get saved and so we're grateful to see God still working through uh, the ministry there and uh, really excited for that little boy he's gotten to come to Awana's the last two Wednesdays he comes to school of course daily but isn't a part of our church, but it's come to Awana's two weeks in a row and then got saved. So really excited for what God's doing. Keep praying for, for those kids. And then uh, grateful, though it's been uh, a little discouraging last few weeks with sickness going around and obviously affecting all of us here. It's affected the bus routes. It's affected Awana's. We still had 58 come on the bus and so grateful for, for that and excited to get uh, more, more families back once all of this passes through. Uh, some some things to add to your request side. Uh, one, if you haven't heard yet, but uh, we lost uh, Miss Jane Fleming yesterday morning, I believe it was. Yes, uh, yeah, yesterday morning, she passed. And so, if you know uh, the history of Central, the Flemings have been a part of it for a good long time. And uh, of course, Brother James is usually with us back in the back, not able to come anymore because of his health. And Miss Jane was kind of in that same boat, uh, shut in at the uh, Punk City Nursing Home, but. A long time uh, member here and sad to see her go so if you could just pray for brother Jane or excuse me brother James and uh, the Fleming family I know they'd appreciate that and then uh, be in prayer for Miss Rita Hemkin uh, Miss Rita uh, shared that she had a procedure yesterday to take care of some pain and all it did is replace the pain she had with some new pain but she thinks in time it'll help so if you could pray for Miss Rita Hemkin as she's in recovery and working through some new medication and then also today was the day Miss Joella Francis went in for her uh, back surgery. It was down in Oklahoma City, and 
they've reported it's gone well, and so maybe this Friday she might be getting to come home, but it's going to be quite a long time of recovery. And so just pray for her and Brother Richard as they work through that. I know they'd appreciate it. And then we've got a, a couple of little ones that have RSV. And so if you could add Madeline Ramey. Uh, this is Dan and uh, Katie Ramey, uh, uh, Dave Bosworth's granddaughter. Uh, she's got RSV. She's probably less than a month, month and a half old at this point. Pretty serious for her. And then Gideon White, uh, Kyle and Kayla White's son, uh, is dealing with it as well and has been sick for several days. And so they'd appreciate your prayers. And then uh, if you could just pray for Hudson Feathers. We've prayed for him throughout the last several months and year, really. But just dealing with some kidney issues. Met with the doctors today. Didn't maybe get the news they were hoping to get. And so they'd appreciate your prayers. And then, of course, in a few weeks, we've got our spring revival uh, with Brother Young. And so you want to be praying for that as we get ready. And it's a great time to invite friends, maybe family that are on your heart. It'd be a good opportunity to come uh, and get to hear the gospel and just be encouraged by some great saints. And then a couple of ones that were turned in on cards. Uh, Miss Deb Mangrum uh, helps out with our Awana, so she's not able to be in here. But she goes in next Tuesday, the 13th. If you could pray for her, uh, this would be the one-year follow-up checkup to being cancer-free. And so she goes in to get that checked out. And so she'd appreciate your prayers next Tuesday. And then you might remember her brother. We've prayed for him. His name's Gary Pogue. P-O-G-U-E. He had an odd incident a couple of, about a year and a half ago, uh, fell out of a car and had a uh, brain injury. And so uh, they got it taken care of. It was a miracle and he was doing better, but he's recently started dealing with some other issues. So he goes in Monday the 19th and uh, they're replacing a section of his skull to see if that will resolve the issues he's got. So if you could pray for Gary Pogue, that's Miss Deb Mangrum's brother. Uh, I know she'd appreciate that. So those are the ones I've got. We'll go ahead and drop down to the floor uh, with praises and prayer requests. We'll start back here. Uh, Tyler, right beside your Brother Greg. Yeah, I'd just like to thank the staff and the church for praying for me to get through that heart procedure, the stand. And I want to thank my Lord and Jesus that he provided how quickly Amen. it got resolved. It was Amen. actually a miracle. It, yeah, was it was to be able to just go in the very next day to get it worked on. So. Wow. And haven't lost any wages or nothing, so it's helped out really yeah. well. Praise so the thank you. Amen. We've been praying for his brother, and little do we know we need to be praying for Brother Greg. But God got, got it under control. That's a blessing. Very good. Anybody else this far side or middle section here? Okay, Miss Veronica up here at the front. Uh, yes, um, my brother, he had um, a full hip replacement yesterday. So, um, I mean, they got a long recovery. He's got, he's got four kids, so his wife's been handling a lot of stuff lately because he can't get up in the middle of the night and help mm -hmm. with the kids or anything. So just pray that he heals quickly and well, so that way his wife can rest. Sure. What's his name? <laughs> uh, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the service in North Carolina. Okay. So pray for Michael Labello. Hip replacement. Very good. Okay, we got Miss Eddie there. We have a family friend named James Williams over in Shreveport. <clears throat> um, he has really bad diabetes, and so he had been staying with his mom because of whatever, probably cold flu symptoms he had had. He woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning really feeling bad, needing to go to the emergency room. 
Um, be in Shreveport, there are parts of one hospital you don't want to go to, so the ER, whatever, point being, hospital or the um, ambulance came, wouldn't take him to the hospital he wanted to go to, so they did help, because he was apparently, com not comatose, but almost comatose on the floor. They did help him and help her with him into the vehicle so she could take him to the correct hospital. But by then, um, the situation was really bad. They started him on IV, but I guess the hospital was really packed. Um, sent her home, told her just to go take a shower, rest, and then they would call her back. Um, three hours passed, in, at which point he had, um, I have to like read it because I don't even remember the verbiage. Um, he'd been put into ICU. Um, he had had a cardiac arrest, was admitted to ICU and put on a vent. Um, they said they don't, she says they have no idea what happened during this three hour period, but now he's actually been on, he's been heavily sedated and they're trying to wean him off of everything, but now he's septic. Um, and he's our age, so it was really pretty crazy. And poor Alice, she's talking to her brother and um, he said, so he's on the phone and he's saying, okay, I'll be praying this morning she gets a call from her sister-in-law saying that her brother has died in his sleep. So now she has her son um, on, in ICU at the hospital and her brother-in-law, her brother has just passed away. So needless to say, it's just really a heart-wrenching situation and not really certain what James's situation is. James Williams, um, and then just the whole Williams family. Well, I don't remember what Willie's last name is, but Nonetheless, same difference. Louisiana. So. Okay. All right. Anybody else right here? Oh man, I see a hand I haven't seen in a long time. I like this hand. I don't care what it says. I like this hand. Yeah, I just want to thank God for everything He's done for me for the last three months. Mm. Uh, hopefully, He's told me to. When I, when I hit the ground, I think he, he was telling me, sit down, shut up, and pay attention. Yeah. And from from that point, I, that's what I've been trying to do. Yeah. But I want to thank everybody here for all the prayers, all the cards. Just, it was great, and I appreciate Amen. it. Amen. And phone call. Good. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Welcome home, sir. We are so glad to have both of you, Miss Nancy. Glad to have you. All right, Miss Marie. I just wanted to ask for some prayers because we hit a deer in our new vehicle on the way home the other night. Oh, and man. so it's pretty bad. They got it towed to Jay Warner and find out if it's totaled or hopefully not. And hopefully they can just fix it because we know that it's the radiator, but we don't know what else. So. Okay. Well, I'm glad you all are okay, but yes. that's tough. Yeah. And yes, everybody's okay. A little yeah. sore, but okay. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah, let's pray for the pages if you can. I just got a different car recently, and sadly it's getting getting repaired right now. Okay, anybody else this section here? All right, let's move across the aisle here. Anybody in the middle? Miss McHale up here in the front. So we have a praise. We are expecting another grandbaby this year. Oh, great. So we're super excited. So between the two of us, that will be number 11. All right. But we're hoping for another girl because we are 
majority all boys. So, yeah. <laughs> it's going to get expensive playing golf if you got to take all those boys out. I guess you can take the girls too, but yeah, they won't smell so much. Okay. All right. Let's see. Donnie? Uh, keep uh, the Toby Keith family in your prayers. Uh, he passed away uh, Monday night at home peacefully. Um, the family is requesting prayers for uh, travel mercies to come to Oklahoma for his uh, memorial. Okay. All right. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Okay. Anybody else this section? Anybody far side over here? I don't see any movement. Okay. Uh, I failed to mention earlier. I think that's all we got, Brother Tyler. Um, keep praying for Miss Kayla Sticksrude, one of our teachers here at CBA, just dealing with some medical things, and uh, I know she'd appreciate that for sure. And I think with that, we'll go ahead and, and lift these up to prayer. So if you join me in praying for these, Lord, we do thank you for. The opportunity to come tonight and be in your house, Lord, we have many that are not able to do that for various reasons, and yet, Lord, you've allowed us to have the health to do so and given us the safety to make it, so we thank you for the opportunity, and God, we know that as we assemble and we lift up these requests, God, we know you're a God that listens, and you're very in tune with our uh, needs and wants and desires, Lord, and God, deserving of our praise, and so, Lord, we do uh, thank you, Lord, for the life that you give us. We thank you for the, the air that we get to breathe and, Lord, the water we get to drink. Thank you for the homes that you provided for us and the comforts that we have here in America that much of the world doesn't know. Help us, Lord, to, to, to do our best, not to take for granted what we've been given and to make the most of it, Lord. And God, I, uh, I thank you for the, the blessings we have tonight. Thank you for Brother Tommy and Miss Nancy being home, many months of being away with recovery, but thankful that you... Uh, healed brother tommy and just pray that that process continues on and they could reacclimate to life here lord thank you for uh, the evans report there of uh, a grandbaby number 11 and just pray that you would uh, bless the uh, the pregnancy and delivery there lord for uh, little cyrus thankful that he made it in uh, to the family and just pray that his uh, their transition into home life would would go well Lord, thank you for the one that got saved last week at school and just uh, others that need to. Just pray that the uh, the gospel would continue to have effect even up through the last day, Lord. And God, thank you for a good retreat. Thank you for Brother Greg Olson, Lord, just the work that you did in his uh, doctor's appointment to, to spare him, Lord. And just pray that you'd help him to live every day as the gift that you've given us, Lord. And pray that you'd use his life and, Lord, help him to continue to reach out to his brother and to, to co-workers, Lord. And, Thank you for the Olsons being a part of our ministry here. Lord, thank you for uh, the Flemings. Lord, we're so sad that Miss Jane's no longer with us, but glad that the suffering is over and she's able to rejoice with you. And Lord, we lift up her husband, Brother James, as he's uh, dealing with the loss of his mate. And just pray that you bring encouragement and support to him and that uh, folks here would take it upon themselves to go out and just to say hi to him from time to time and maybe send him a card and God just to be there for him. Lord, uh, pray, Father, for Miss Rita as she's dealing with some ongoing pain and uh, recent treatments, not yet bringing the uh, the relief that she was hoping for. Just pray that that would come soon. Father, for uh, Michael Abello, uh, recovering from hip replacement, pray that that goes smoothly. Help his wife and kids in the meantime. For Marie Page and Kyle Page as they're dealing with uh, 
situation with their car. Pray that you'd uh, give them wisdom and that it could be repaired and be covered under the deductible and all. God, pray for uh, Miss Joella Francis as she is uh, in recovery mode. Thank you that the surgery was well. And just pray that the next few weeks or months of recovery are uh, quick and as smooth as can be. Lord, for those that are out with sickness, we lift them up to you. We think of the little kids that are seriously sick, Madeline Ramey, Gideon White, and God, just pray that you'd bring healing, pray that you'd uh, restore good health to them, help their families, Lord, through just a, a difficult time. Lord, give them grace. Lord, pray for Hudson Feathers and kidney issues that he's got. Pray that you'd help there. For the uh, Williams family, friend of Miss Eddie there in Louisiana, God, we pray for just all that's going on with James and not knowing exactly what's caused his um, uh, coma and then just being on the vent right now. Pray that you'd help doctors to know and then help his uh, family member or the family that's dealing with loss now. Just pray that you give peace there. Not sure of salvation state, but God, may they turn their attention to you. May Miss Eddie and others that know you point them to you and God that they might be saved God pray for Miss Kayla Stixrude that you'd work in her situation and help return her to us soon Lord for the Edwards family and the Kamara family missionaries there uh, serving you around the world we're grateful for their ministries and just excited about the updates and the, the nine souls that were saved and just pray that you'd continue to work even in difficulty there with Kamara's in the war pray that you'd help uh, them through that Pray for Miss Deb Mangrum, Lord, dealing with uh, surgery next week and follow-up. Pray that she gets good results. And her brother, uh, Gary Pogue, Lord, that the procedure in two weeks would be successful and that they could get that taken care of and his situation would improve. Lord, we look forward to uh, turning our attention back to Ecclesiastes and excited to see what you have for us. Lord, help our minds to be locked in and attentive. And we pray this now in Christ's name. Amen.
remain standing. Grab your Bibles. Thank you, Brother Andy. Appreciate that. Made me think as we were singing, my carnalness came out. And uh, so when I think about the winning side, Brenda and I had our annual doctor's appointments today. And there's always a competition that I create and on, you know, who will come out better. So they took our blood pressure and um, surprisingly, Brenda won. Yeah, I know. And it was surprising because I'm thinking, how do you live with me and yet you have lower blood pressure? So I plan on being more annoying this year so that by next year I can win that one. So that's my goal. So I'll be on the winning side. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 is where we're at. And uh, as we continue on with the next portion here of Ecclesiastes and uh, looking forward to this, I've titled this message, Eat, Drink, and Be Merry. That's going to be a fun one tonight. That's right. Eat, drink, and be merry. And so I think everybody's familiar with that phrase, kind of a standard phrase that sometimes our world does like to live by. Obviously, we have a twist to that. Uh, but in any case, we will look at that. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. We're going to jump down to verse 12 to begin our reading. The Bible says that Solomon is writing and explaining everything he partook of under the sun. He says in verse 12, And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king, even that which hath been already done? Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly, as far as light excelleth darkness. The, the wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. Then said I in my heart, as it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For there is no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever. Seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man as the fool. Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Verse 18. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored, wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. Yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil." For what hath man of all his labor, and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun? For all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. And then for uh, positive people like me, praise the Lord for verse 24. <laughs> there is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that was from the hand of God. For who can eat and who else can hasten thereunto more than I? For God hath given to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Thank you. you may be seated. Woo! Another depressing night. Again, just reminding you, if you've not been here, uh, Solomon, of course, is writing from a 
very humanistic standpoint. And uh, thus it should be depressing. Amen? I mean, let's be honest. If, if you're going from a humanistic standpoint, and he's just declaring on his journey what he saw, uh, he saw really there's a lot of vexation. There's a lot of emptiness uh, that is there. And so he begins to unravel this just a little bit for us. I titled it Eat, Drink, and Be Merry off of verse 24, which uh, we'll kind of sum it up here in just a minute. Uh, but, but I thought about that, and I, I thought about life, and as we said, we're on this journey of finding meaning in life and, and trying to find what life is all about. And we talked about Vanity Fair last week, and he went into all the pleasures that are there and uh, that uh, can be afforded to mankind, and, and we went through some of that, and he listed some of that. I often think about that in the, in the realm of... Um, our young people going to college. I think we have to pray hard for our college-age young people. Uh, You say, why? Sometimes I think it's like we're throwing them to Vanity Fair. You know, they get out of the house and they're exposed to all kinds of stuff and they have to make some choices. And we discovered that last week, some things that they have to go through and and you pray they make the right decisions. And I just freaked out every parent that's here. They're like, my kid's in college. And, uh, but I mean, it's just part of the things, the temptations, the trials you have to go through. And they go through that time. You pray they make some wise decisions during that time. And we talked about that and the emptiness of that often that takes place and bad decisions. And he's expounded upon that now a little farther besides the pleasures of the world. He's now going into the labor of the world. And he's talking about, he went into buildings, and his first section was, I built all these things and what I did. And he went from Vanity Fair, he went into buildings. And, and now in this section, he's, he's talking about being wise versus foolish. And so now we're in that wise versus foolish section. And as he said, he, he tells us here real quick, you can see it because it's important in verse 13. He does state that wisdom excelleth folly as far as light from darkness. So he's going to go back and forth. He's going to say, I'm going to share with you my thoughts and what I've seen, but I want you to know up front, wisdom is greater than folly. Now, we don't have time because we just did a whole series for a year and a half on it in Proverbs. He proves that in the book of Proverbs. We're told wisdom is a principal thing. Seek that. So you've got to parallel these two things. You've got to understand what's taking place here. Uh, in this setting, before he gets into all the wisdom and Proverbs and so forth, he says wisdom is better than folly, but... He then begins to do a comparison. And in that comparison, that's where the depression kind of comes just a little bit. He shows some similarities. And I want to point those out real quick. Solomon first compares wisdom and folly here. And in doing that, he says in verse 14, The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. One of the things he mentions out is the similarities here. And this is what he says. First of all, the same events can happen to a wise man or a foolish man. He's like, I'm trying to be wise and live my life, but then I realize bad things happen to everybody. I mean, the Bible even says it rains on the good, it rains on the bad. Sun comes out on the good, sun comes out on the bad. Hey, storms happen, floods happen to the good and to the bad. And so he's given this, he's like, what's the benefit, again, of living wise if the same thing happens? He goes, I don't get it. Then he goes and talks about the death. He says, not only that, but the same things happen and everybody dies and nobody remembers you. Well, that's exciting. He's like, yeah, nobody remembers you. He goes, I'm looking at this and like I'm building all these things and doing all these things and not only who's going to take it, but nobody's going to remember what I did. Uh, I'm going to die just like the fool. And the, the purpose is, what was life worth? What was that meaning of life? So again, all of chapter two is expounding this one general thought that in humanity, now don't forget this, without God, without God, can I tell you, 
I love being a Christian. Some of you might remember the days without God. I got saved at 11. Uh, there's, there's a lot of benefits of that. Matter of fact, I think it's all benefits, I'll be honest. Uh, the, the one negative is that you would say negative, but uh, it's a positive to me. Uh, I, I didn't have to experience a lot, of li- a, a lot of life with a lot of regrets. How's that? Okay? And about anybody I know that gets saved that young would say the same thing. If you get saved later, 20s, 30s, and sometimes later, you know sometimes there's like, man, I wish I would have gotten saved earlier, okay? That I didn't have to go through all these things. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, if you do, and you kind of go through all these things, and you got a lot of things you have to overcome in your life, you would say, and work through, you, you remember this, um, two things. We all live, and we all die, and the, the bad thing is not everybody will remember you unless you do things God's way. So outside of Christ, it's kind of depressing, but in Christ, everything changes. So he talks, first of all, about the similarities, and then the differences, of course, that wisdom excelleth at all. And then he goes on a, a little bit farther, and then he declares a vanity of work. So if you're lazy and don't want to work, you should listen to just this part of the message. How's that? Look at verse 18. Yea, I hated all my labor, which I had taken under the sun. Some of you are here tonight, and you're saying, man, I can identify with that. Because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. Now, his hate of labor and hard work was this. Wait a minute. I do all this, and some, we'll say some yahoo comes after me. You know, what's he going to do? For some of you, that yahoo's your kids. You know, and you built everything up, and they're living stupid lives. You know, and you're like, really? They get all this? You know, I don't know who it is. But what he's saying is king, he builds up this kingdom. Who knows the next guy coming after him, which we know is going to be his son. But what, what, what did he do? Uh, you know, what did he do to build this? And he's going to inherit all this, and he didn't really put any work into it or not that much. And so he's belaboring, working under the sun. And again, if you stop and think about it, if life is just about this, can I be honest? If life is just the mundane, I get up every day, I get ready, I go to work, I come home, do home things, I can't wait till the weekend, Saturday and Sunday comes, and then I start the cycle again on Monday. And most of my life is work, 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 and then one day I have a retirement target, I hit that retirement target, and, and I make it there, then, woo, life is grand, and then you have a whole new set of problems, amen? Okay, now think about them, but kick it, Stop to think about that. So our life is about just going to work, whatever you want to say, 9 to 5, 8 to 5, every single day, uh, working, 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 building, building, building. And can I say, why? What, what's the purpose? Back at this big home, someone else is going to own it one day. Yeah, I, mean, I got a big bank account, you know? Uh, that's why you have people now with bumper stickers and stuff on RVs saying, I'm spending my child's inheritance. Why? They read Ecclesiastes. They get it. Amen? They're like, I ain't leaving to this the next generation, man. Uh, but basically, if you stop thinking about it, it is so depressing. If your life is just this, if your life is just, man, I'm going to live, and I'm just going to do the best I can, and once again, void of God and God's plan, and I'm going to work hard, he just concludes this over and over. We're not going to reread all of it, but he says this, it's vanity upon vanity and, and other emptiness. And I'm concerned sometimes, because I think sometimes Christians, we think like the world. You say, what do you mean? We get depressed and full of despair. And I'll tell you, it's easy to do. If, are you ready? Your eyesight is viewing things the same way Solomon did. From just a humanistic standpoint, void of God's plan. And if that's the way you're looking at life, can I tell you, the end result is this. Nothingness. Nothingness. Void. Man, that's depressing. No wonder we have so many drugs in America today. 
No, seriously, no, no, no wonder so many people are addicted to so many things. That's why there's no hope outside of God. I, I was saying earlier, I'm glad I got saved uh, when I was 11, didn't have to experience everything, uh, and don't have to have all the regrets and, and all that kind of stuff. But can I tell you the benefit of that? Man, I love being a Christian because of what it produces. Okay, the fact of the matter is we have real purposes, real reasons to get up every single day and to live. And yes, work's a part of that. Life is a part of that. And in the midst of that, Solomon kind of gives us a little bit of insight there, even before we hit the end of the book. And we're going to major on verses 24, 25, and 26 tonight. Well, the beginning was just, once again, he's laying out everything you can imagine. And I don't think we have to go into detail of that. So he hits the business person, and he, he hits the pleasure person, and, and he hits the wise person, he hits the fool person. All the way in chapter 2, he's in every category you can imagine. And then he's kind of bringing some conclusions. And I'm going to do some reading with you tonight as well. But I want to show you some of these conclusions. First of all, when I, when I think about it, the thing that comes to my mind is in verse 24. He says, there's nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink. I'm going to read that again. <laughs> that he should eat and eat. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Brian. I appreciate that. And drink. And that he should make his soul enjoy the good in his labor. This also I saw, and I don't miss it, that it was from the hand of God. Did you see that phrase finally in there? He's like, everything else he says is vanity and vanity and vanity. But he finally adds, you know, this is a good thing, that a man would eat and drink and enjoy the labor, the labor, why, that he has. Why? Because this is how God designed us. Can I remind you? God designed us to work. You go back to Genesis and we'll work by the sweat of our brow. God is, we need to work. I talk to people, I'm not at that age yet, even though people ask me about it. Are you retired or going to be retired soon? Stop asking me that. It's an insult. But, uh, you know, people look at me and go, aren't you at that stage now? Just because the hair is gray doesn't mean we're there. Uh, but, uh, you know, people start thinking about that kind of stuff and, you know, retirement and ending and everything. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, as, as we're looking at all this and we're talking about eating and drinking and, and enjoying the fruit of your labor, God designs that we do work. He really does. And, and that you work hard. That's part of life. Uh, matter of fact, it brings purpose. And matter of fact, as you get into retirement, that's why I think people struggle because you stop working and it's difficult for you. Hey, if you're going to stop working, whatever the secular job is, whatever it is there, hey, you ought to have something to do. Why? You're designed to work. Yeah, if, if you are designed not to do something, why? It does bring purpose in our life. And God knew that. God didn't tell us to, to work to be mean. It brings purpose in our life. Okay? And so he says you're going to eat and drink and enjoy the fruit of your labor. Uh, so don't remove labor. Uh, what he's not saying here is a philosophy that says that I should not ever work. Matter of fact, I'm going to read to you an excerpt uh, from one of the commentaries that I thought was really good. And I just like the way he wrote, so I'm going to read this to you. I wrote down, number one, there is nothing wrong with finding joy in this life in Christ. Nothing wrong with finding joy in this life in Christ. The author said, there is nothing better for a man that he should eat and drink, that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. At first, one might think the judgment here expressed somewhat poor and gross and unworthy of the reputation of the wise king to whom it is ascribed, not to say of the word of God in which we find it. But when we look more closely in, into it, these impressions disappear. It is not an idle, useless life of self-enjoyment that is here commended to us, but one in which useful labor is seasoned by healthy pleasures. I like that. I'll read that again. But one in which useful labor 
is seasoned by healthy pleasures. The admonition here is that man just go eat, drink, and be merry like the world says. Live it up, party time, do what you want. No, no, that's not it. It's like, hey, you work hard. Are you ready? It's okay to enjoy life. No, no, I'm going to say it again. Are you ready? It's okay to enjoy life. I put some disclaimers real quick before I get into that. Number one, I wrote down, as long as pleasure is not our God and our main pursuit. As long as we realize that this pleasure is temporary, and as long as we understand the principle of moderation. So let me put that together. I think, first of all, as long as we understand that pleasure, enjoying, just enjoying life, uh, I think most of you know one of my favorite words is enjoying. Uh, this is a great passage for me because it validates what I believe. I'll say. Uh, but I do. I do believe that God created us to enjoy life. Okay? He really did. Not, not as our God. It's not, it's not our main goal just to be happy and, and have joy. Okay? All, all the time. Not that we can't have joy, but I'm like, you know, finding all the pleasures in life constantly, that's not what God designed. I mean, that's not his purpose for us. That, that's not what he wants. And secondly, I said, it's realizing joys are temporary. You say, why? Because they only satisfy our natural desires is what they're here for. But can I remind you in this? God still created them. Are you with me? God still created them. And so with that, the natural thing from this verse is this. You can't go too far into uh, hedonism, okay? But then you also go to the other extreme, kind of an aesthetic life, where uh, people don't believe you can have any joy at all as a Christian. That'd be a rough church. I mean, think about that. You walk in, everybody's serious. They look like this. Nobody smiles. Lest they could have fun. Lest they could enjoy. Lest they might praise Jesus who created joy. You do know God created a smile, right? You know, he could have created everybody like some of you look right now. <laughs> Permanent, you know, no, no joy at all. I mean, he could have, but he gave us laughter and joy. And, and I get we're going to get next chapter. There's a time for everything. I get that. But the fact of the matter is I, I think we can enjoy life. And it's not our God. It's a temporary, temporary thing. But here's the, here's the key. Are you ready? In moderation. The word I like, imbalance. Uh, let me give you a comparison here. Um, I, I don't believe that uh, we are designed just to get up every day and eat, drink, and be merry in the context of how the world says it. I do believe, though, we are to get up and we're to labor and labor hard because I remind you in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, that we're to be reminded that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's a purpose behind serving and working when you do it for Jesus Christ. When you're working hard for Jesus Christ, you're laboring, and that's at a secular job or whatever job, and you're providing money for your family because if a man does not work, he shall not eat, and he's worse than an infidel, the Bible says. We're completing that process God set up, but there's also time to take a break and enjoy. You might even enjoy something silly like hunting. That was free. I mean, fishing. So, so, I, some of you ought to be so happy God put hunting and fishing on planet Earth. Man, you like going out there and putting a rod in the water and getting nothing, and that's, that's happiness to you. You just have a good time. Or sitting out in the cold waiting for some poor animal to walk by when you go to Walmart. That's happiness to you, okay? That's a joy to you, and, and I get that. Uh, but you're smiling now because we just went through hunting season, and let's just be honest. That is something God designed for you to enjoy. There's nothing wrong with that. But now some of, you, some of you know and some of the conflicts it causes, if that's all you do is hunt for three months, probably going to cause a problem. Some of you know that, don't you? <laughs> I mean, that's all you do. It is not balanced in there. What I want you to see is God didn't design life for us not to enjoy it. I mean, literally, there's Christians that live, and this is their mentality. 
Well, this, this life is full of sorrow and troubles. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Yeah, you're right. And it's just the biggest pain ever until we get to Jesus. I mean, it's going to be better there, amen? But in that, we're in the context of God say, listen, I want you to have this drudgery of life. Don't enjoy anything. Make it act like it's the worst thing ever until you get to heaven. Then you go, hallelujah. I'm like, I don't see that. Matter of fact, I'm looking at verse 24 and I'm seeing this God saying, I do want you to eat and enjoy. Why? I designed your palate. I designed your taste buds. I designed this. I want you to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Hey, here's a new one. Are you ready? Go on vacation. No, please, go on vacation. You're better when you do that. You know, I've never, no one's ever come up to me and go, well, I just don't take vacations. And my thought was, man, you're really spiritual. That thought has never come to my mind. Because you take in a vacation or not uh, does not equate to spirituality. <laughs> but what it does help is your mind and your body and helps you relax and enjoy, can I tell you? Just what God's given us. What God's given us. The, the fact of the matter is, folks, it's not wrong for Christians to take time to enjoy. Matter of fact, the reason I like verses like this is he's going through all this life is empty. Then he finally comes to something we can hang on to and go, thank you for this. But eat and drink and enjoy already the labor that, well, who gave you that labor? God, he said in verse 24, that was given to you by God himself. God gave you this labor and this ability. Now are you ready? Enjoy the fruit of that. Should not you enjoy the fruit of that which you've done? Think about that. You know, why does your job pay you? Now, that's the fruit of your labor. That's why they pay you. You're laboring. You want something in return. Yeah, I tried to hire Brother Ron Campbell today for nothing for a year and a half. He wouldn't take it. It's so weird. I mean, it's so weird. I go, we got building plans and stuff going on. Need you to run this baby, you know. It pays nothing. <laughs> You'll go broke. But hey, I'll enjoy it. <sighs> it's so weird. He's like, nah, not interested. It's weird how people aren't interested in stuff like that, Brother Ron. It's so weird. Why? Well, no, why? Because you ought to enjoy the fruit of your labor. You go to work, they give you a paycheck. Why? Because that's the way it's supposed to work. And then when you bring that paycheck, I don't feel guilty if I go and buy me a Coke Zero. Are ready? I'm going to take up a step further. Ready? A Starbucks. Oh, yeah, because I'm going to go, you're wasting money. Yeah, I earned the money. How's that? Yeah, can we go a step further? Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't believe you pay that kind of money. If you don't like it, can I help you? Don't pay for it. This is going over real good. <laughs> but can I tell you, it don't matter to me. Why? It's not your labor. You spend your money on your labor. Hunting, fishing, stuff like that. You know, it's all fine for everybody, is it not? It's funny, our mindsets. But the fact of the matter is God designed each one of us different. We enjoy different things. What you might enjoy, I may not enjoy. But here's what I do know. God designed us, are you ready? To even enjoy this life. To enjoy our family, our kids, our fellowship, and things and things that God has. Now, again, it's only temporary. It won't fulfill us eternally. But that's why we have Jesus Christ, amen? But again, it's weird to me how some of us think we can be so spiritual that I will have no fun on this earth and it will make me more spiritual. No, it's going to make you more boring. You're not going to enjoy very much, but it doesn't equate to spirituality because there's nothing that says you doing nothing, having no fun is spiritual. You know, that does not say that. So again, you can't go to either extreme. A man or woman who doesn't work, doesn't to take care of the responsibilities, that doesn't serve the Lord the way they ought to, and just party, 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 you know, time. Well, you'll never see that in Scripture. Of course, that's not right. But nor is it to go to the other extreme and say, if you ever catch somebody enjoying themselves, you know, it's, it's almost like they'll think, well, that money could have been spent. Yeah, a lot of things could have been done. But the Bible says you get to enjoy the fruit of your labor. So if you work hard 
You should never feel bad being able to enjoy. Some of you, that'll kick in in a couple years. <laughs> Number two, the blessings of this life, and, and I love this, are a gift from God. There's nothing wrong with finding joy in Christ, but there's also, and I don't want you to miss this, the blessings of this life are gifts. Look at verse 26. For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom and knowledge of joy, but to the sinner he giveth travail to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. Then he says, this also is vanity and vexation, this, this evil that is there. But I love what it says, God giveth to a man. And I thought about this, and I said, uh, God gave us um, all these things to enjoy. You know, James chapter 1, verse 14 says this, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down, so now we're talking about the earth, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, which means it's open to anybody. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of his first fruits of his creatures. And I love verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down. In other words, we don't get just all our gifts in heaven. Can I help you? We get them here as well. The fact of the matter is a dual thing. And there's no debate. Some get more than others. Some of you are going to live a more enjoyable, blessed life. Uh, some of that's from choices you make. Some of it is just God's design. But the fact of the matter is God's designed this world for us to enjoy. Hey, go to Colorado. Look at the mountains. Amen. I'd say go to Oklahoma, but it's a very small little area. Okay? But seriously, go, go enjoy it. Uh, go sit there, enjoy the flowers, enjoy the fields, enjoy the hunting. Enjoy. Folks, enjoy it. Why? God made it. So you're telling me God made all this for, for mankind and we're not to enjoy it? And yet he says it's a gift. It's a gift. I think one of the, the things that we've got to understand as Christians, folks, it's not sinful to enjoy things in life. There's extremes, of course, and sin, that's wrong. But no, wait a minute. It's not wrong or you're not a bad Christian because you enjoy life. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a twist to this that maybe you've never thought about. I think it's showing appreciation and honor to God. Let me illustrate. You ever do something for somebody or maybe particularly for your family and uh, you plan something, maybe like a big vacation, big bucks, you plan it all out, you take them there and you get there and you do the big vacation and the response is, eh. You're like, what do you mean, eh? I mean, we spent months planning and traveling, and this is going to be fun, and get all this lined up, and maybe someone says, oh, I wish we could have went here. I wish we could have done this. And inside his dad, you're going, and you get done, you know, the trip's all done, and maybe they complain through a lot of it, you know, of whatever you'd planned and so forth. You're thinking, do you know how much this cost? Do you know how many thousands of dollars I put out for this and the planning and the time it took off to go do this? And what we get is, eh, complaining and so glad we're home. Now, I want you to stop thinking, if you've ever had that experience, can I tell you? If you're the one who planned it, your first thought is, we're never going anywhere again. You said, preacher, this is sounding personal. Oh, it is. <laughs> so personal. But no, your first thought is really that. You're like, why? I mean... As a dad, you do all this, and there's no appreciation? I mean, wow. Well, folks, we're human. That's probably going to happen because we're just human. 
Okay? That's part of life. God created this earth. All the amazing things in it. All the creatures. One of the neat things about having a granddaughter is you get to go back and learn about all the animals and science again and stuff. Why? Because they bring it home. Papa, did you know? Actually, I did. Papa, did you know? Actually, I forgot. Papa, did you know? Never heard that before. <laughs> you know, and they're getting excited about butterflies and things. You see these little eyes opening up. And then you start saying things, and you got to remember that they're actually true, and you probably should remember it too. Like, did you know God made that for us to enjoy? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. God made this for us. So you mean all this creation he made for us? What an amazing gift. What an amazing gift. God made this for you. He wants you to enjoy it. Can you imagine God looking down up there? And all we're doing is complaining about what he gave us. And can I tell you, it's a phenomenal gift. This earth and what he's made and all the wonders in it, and not just that, the creativity he's given mankind to make things, the places we get to go, the events we get to enjoy, that's from Almighty God. You realize that, right? He put that in people's heads. These designs that people come up with, the fact that you could be on the internet and the airwaves are coming through your house into your phone. Whoa! No, think about that. If you're having trouble, some of you are old enough because you're in this class, let me help you. Go back to the days. How many remember changing the TV channel that was black and white and you were the channel changer? Amen. Yeah. Now, not this one. There's only five channels. Anyways, next one. Man, literally, I just sit there. I probably have bad eyes. You sit there going click, click, you know. Glad there's only five channels. Praise Jesus. But even today, all this technology today, no, no, seriously, that God would give people the mind. Folks, they didn't come up with that on their own. It's from Almighty God. He created all this. No, I, I want to help you here. Folks, God's given us these wonderful gifts and every good gift and perfect gift. So he puts it in context. Not vanity fair, not unleashed pleasures that bring pain and anxiety. No, he's talking about good things that I've designed in my timing and my way. Are you ready? Enjoy them. It's okay. And also understand, it's a gift from me. And one of the best ways you'll, it's going to seem weird, you'll show your appreciation is you'll enjoy life. You'll enjoy life. I'll be honest, I, I love the simple things in life. I love the big things, don't, don't get me wrong. I love coffee. Thank Jesus for coffee. More importantly, I want to thank Jesus for creamer. <laughs> I'm sure I like coffee without creamer, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's a, yeah, such a simple pleasure. Such a simple pleasure. But isn't it cool? That's cool. So if you go, I don't drink coffee. Figure out the illustration and grow up, okay? <laughs> Insert whatever you want there. I'm, I'm just saying some of the simplest things, the fact that you can get up and go, wow, I get to sit here, I can read, I can enjoy creation, I can relax in a home. I, God is good. And just taking the time saying, thank you, God, for what you've done. I do know the older we get, we do start appreciation appreciating history and museums more. I always have to remember that. We're at an age, a museum. Oh, cool, a museum. <laughs> when I was 20, I'm like, I ain't going to a museum. That's for old people, man. Give me an amusement park. And I say amusement park, I'm like, I ain't going there. <laughs> I ain't going to hurt my back, man. I ain't get a headache. I ain't gonna do that. Oh, a museum. Oh, a museum. That's so cool. You know, you find yourself going through. And so if you're young and do that, you just have an old soul. That's all I'm going to tell you. 
But isn't it weird? Uh, I remember years ago, <laughs> we've lived in Ponca City 37 years. <laughs> and uh, I found new things a couple years ago in Ponca City that have been there for 37 years. You know, and I'm driving by somewhere and I look and go, hey, Brenda, have you ever seen this? She's like, honey, that has always been there. <laughs> but here's the thing. She, she's right. It's just, I woke up one day. <laughs> driving down there, I just woke up one day and realized, oh, well, that's nice. Can I help you with this message tonight? It's time to wake up and enjoy life. Well, preacher, there's pain. I got you. If you're going to live in this world, there's going to be sorrow, pain, death, loss. Sure. But we have Christ. We have Christ. And he says, yeah, you're going to have to go through the same thing. Sure, you'll die like the fool. The difference is we're going to heaven. Sure, all the works and your labors will go to someone else. But the difference is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Your labor is not in vain, he said. So whatever you do for the Lord, your labor is not in vain, he says. So this doesn't apply to you, what you work, what you owe. Oh, from a temporal standpoint, sure, but everything fades away anyways. But what we do for Christ lasts forever. How we serve lasts forever. And he says, even beyond that, I created this earth. And if you're going to waste your time and not in balance and work hard and also enjoy it, that's on you. But understand this. It's like looking at Almighty God saying, eh, eh. Instead saying, thank you. Thank you. It'd do some of us good to thank God for Ponca City, Oklahoma. I get to travel with a lot of people, and so I like Ponca City. <laughs> you come home, we don't have all the amenities of New York. Praise Jesus. L.A., that's a blessing. Been there, been to those places. But it's good. sure is nice to visit, but sure is nice to come home. And uh, the older you get, the more you look at it, you're like, we've got a good town. It's good people, good town. It's always going to look, well, there's problems here. I didn't say there wasn't. But it becomes your perspective, does it not? And from a perspective, you can enjoy what God has given us. So here's what I want for you tonight. Are you ready? Eat, drink, and be merry in the Lord. Don't take it too far. Don't go outside of Scripture. But folks, enjoy your life. Enjoy this temporary life while we're also working for eternity. Amen? Knowing what we do for Christ will last forever. But it's okay to have some temporal joy. You say, why? Because he said so. And you know what? You just might have some people stop you one day and say, why are you so happy? You know? And you don't have to say, because I'm on drugs. <laughs> you can actually say, hey, I'm just happy with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and who he is and this life he's given us. I'm like, what? Let me tell you about it. Amen? It's good stuff. So I want to tell you, enjoy life. It's a great gift from God. It's a great gift from God. You'll have a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, but there's also a lot of joy out there. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we thank you for the day. And Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this life. Yes, we need to work and work hard, but we thank you for that, Lord. It gives us a, a daily purpose. Lord, we thank you for family and church. And Lord, that as we put all this together, Lord, that there's even a greater meaning outside of this temporal world, Lord. There are eternal significance to what we do, even in the temporal world. And lost people don't have that. Lord, they have what Solomon's talking about. Everything they do ends up empty and vain. There's no purpose to it, no gain to it. Not with the Christian. What's done for you will last forever. We have those promises throughout Scripture. And then even Solomon, in some of his conclusions here, before he gets to the main conclusion, even sheds a little bit of light in some of these areas. 
that, Lord, we as Christians ought to be people who are able to stop and have a different perspective than this lost world. Lord, as we're laboring, may we also enjoy the labor and enjoy the fruits of our labor because of you. And may you get the credit for that. And Lord, I thank you and praise you for our church, Lord. And I pray this would be a good year for our families, Lord. And, and yes, Lord, there'll be ups and there'll be downs because that's life, Lord. But I pray that you'd open up our eyes to be able to see the good gifts that you've given us. And Lord, we'd be appreciative of them. We would enjoy them knowing that it brings you great delight because you provided them. We thank you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. And in closing, I just want to say, enjoy. Hi, I'm Pastor John Waterloo. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of the service. I hope one day you can connect with us here in our church service as well. That'd be such a great blessing. Uh, we'd also like to let you know about just some other resources we have. You can jump on our Facebook page or our website, wherever you'd like, and find out about our ministries. But again, we'd love to have you join with us one day. Thank you so much for being in our services, and may the Lord bless you.